Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Voice by Matt show. My name is Matt Bertho, and I'm your host. And today I have a very special guest. She was speaker at Unmute. I met her in Madison, Wisconsin, in real life for the first time at Josh Kosnick's event. She was a speaker there. Jamie Herrera, and she taught me how to say that last name correctly. <laughs> What's going on, Matt? I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, we we talked for uh, probably 30 minutes before the podcast, so we already discussed there's going to be a part two of this. Um, <laughs> but Jamie, we don't have a thing for just talking. <laughs> nah, I mean, we were just talking about life and wins and dreams and hopes and the crazy crazy stuff magical stuff that's happening right now for both of us yeah that we can't talk about that we can't talk about <laughs> ah. oh man um well uh jamie is a mother of three three, three. mother three. of three and I'm going to let her tell a little bit about her story today and who she is and what she does. Um, and I mean, how she found her voice, because that's what this whole podcast is about, is about a place for people to share openly with me, vulnerably, how they found their voice. So welcome to the show, Jamie. I am really excited to be here. I feel like every time we do these conversations and we have our once a month chit chats something powerful always comes out and we never end that's up true, <laughs> that's true. And we never record, so it's like what the heck <laughs> record this one <laughs> i know i know i know uh but yeah a little about me i'm a transformational strategist it's a long fun long-winded way of saying that i help people go from where they are to where they desire to be through the mm. power of rewiring our unconscious mind and so uh, how that started for myself is I had to have my own transformation first, and it started off quite young. Um, I was a survivor of sexual abuse. Both of my parents were drug addicted and gang affiliated. And so I've experienced a lot of trauma in my life that unfortunately caused me to believe. So I have a time out there. What's up? Because I always have questions about that. Yeah. So. Lean in. What gangs were they a part of? Yeah. So um, my mom was part of Los Solidos and my dad was part of Latin King. Okay. I don't know anything about them, but they sound pretty intense. Yeah. So my dad, um, I mean, I feel like this is, I don't know if this is dangerous for me to even discuss, right? So like my dad was part of Latin Kings for as long as I can remember until he died a Latin King. Okay. Well, I don't think it's dangerous if he passed already. Yeah. Eh. Kind of. Yeah. Could be. This audience is going to be like, this is the coolest episode of all time. <laughs> Could be. There's Could so be. many secrets. There's so many secrets in this episode already. Yeah. Anyway, because I because you when you when you say that because I've heard you say it three or four times now. Like. I, I want to know more. It kind of gives me like Romeo Juliet vibes because they weren't, my mom and dad weren't in the same clique, Families. The same, you know? And so, uh, yeah, they were together for a short time before 
my mom got pregnant with myself. Mm. And, uh, and so their dynamic was a little interesting. My mom actually got out of the gang. She kind of just like disappeared from it. And they, um, she told me this crazy story on how, when she decided to leave, they, um, she was out at the park one day with my brother and my sister. And where's this at? Where's this at? Where? Connecticut. Connecticut. Yeah. Connecticut has gangs. Everywhere has gangs. I yeah. never thought Connecticut would have gangs. Yeah. Yeah. So Hartford, Hartford area. Um, okay. But yeah, so long story short, she ended up going to the park one day and they beat the shit out of her to get her out of the gang because she wanted to leave. And so you either sign a long, lifelong contract and they kill you to get out or they beat the shit out of you to get out. And so my mom got her ass beat to get out of the gang. This was before you knew what was going on. Yeah, for sure. I was yeah. I was still pretty young um, at that point in time. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for unpacking that. <laughs> I know I get time. I'm like, all right. Next. Let's, let's go deeper. Next yeah. question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, you know, you talk about abuse. Yeah. How, how yeah. old were you in, when all that went down? So my first sexual, uh, I guess thing that happened, I was two years old. And so I actually uncovered this a couple of years ago. So I always had this feeling inside of me that like something wasn't right, that I was prematurely (sighs) exposed to sexual abuse. And, um, I did a breakthrough session. And so this breakthrough session exposed me to a mess. What was the breakthrough session? Like what, how did you activate that? Yeah. So we do something in mental and emotional release therapy, which is one of the tools that I utilize and you follow your timeline through life. And so this timeline that I was in this meditative state essentially brought me back to this timeline of when I was two and I felt this blockage there when I was two. So this sounds really woo woo for the listeners. NLP, right? Like that's NLP. Yep. Yep. And so what happened is I had this remembrance of abuse at that age. I couldn't see what was happening, but I saw, I can remember the energy of someone's presence that I was familiar with. And so part of me didn't want to believe it. Right. Mm -hmm. So I kind of kept it to myself, but I brought it up to my mom and I was like, Hey, this happened to me when I was two years old. She goes, there's no way. And she's like, there's no way. Like there's no way that that could have happened to you. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, cool. Let me gaslight myself. Never happened. I'm making this up. And I'm like, no, I really feel like this happened to me at this age. And so I was like, I don't know, mom, my, my unconscious mind told me like my body told me and we're in the car together at this time. And then she goes, you don't think it was this person, do you? And that was the exact person that it was that I saw that I remember. And I was like, yep. And she's, I can, I can like start crying thinking about it, but she could burst into tears and she goes, yes, we lived with him when you were two. Oh shit. And so it's one of those things where I, I want to invite your listeners into, if you feel something in your core that is telling you something happened, believe yourself. And also the story doesn't matter. Because the story is of the past. If you utilize that story to understand the lessons and to preserve the learnings, 
you don't have to hold on to the pain any longer. So you can so, use that story as fuel to support yourself and other people in the future. But the lesson is just a lesson. And it's for me, that was to trust myself. So Jamie, thanks for sharing that. Um, yeah. I had some NLP work done with Justin. Like Justin is a NLP yes. practitioner and he worked with me. He did some work with me. And um, there was a moment where I was in my mom's womb, like in San Antonio. And um, my dad was having doubts about being a good father. And I remember... I, I asked my mom the same thing. I said, hey, was dad worried about being a good dad? Like, and my mom, you know, kind of brushed it off like yours did, you know. And so she never really told me if he really did. But yeah. that that's incredible. And, and, you know, I'm sure there's all kinds of stories like that in the world with NLP practitioners doing amazing work like that, right? So, yeah, yeah you, you opened the, the gate to NLP for people to dive into that. Yep. And so, you know, what happened after that? Like, because uh, obviously, if it happened then, it probably happened later. Yeah. So it happened again when I was 13 years old, but this time it was my mom's third husband. Oh and so we've been married and divorced four times. And <sighs> the third stepdad was the one who sexually abused me, like that I can remember, that I can actually vividly go back and remember the place, remember the situation. But I think the hardest part for me was when I finally built up enough courage to talk about it. The first person that I went to was my older brother, because I was like, yeah, my brother's going to protect me. I'm going to let him know. And what ended up happening is he went to my mom and said that I was lying. Oh, because boy. He witnessed myself and my stepdad getting into an argument. And so in his mind, in his bit of information, I was going to make this story up to ruin their marriage, to get him out of the house. And so by the time my brother had shared that with my mom, my mom ended up contacting me of course you know having this conversation with me and making me come in and talk about it and uh at this wow. time like, she had story after story after story i mean already this man had been caught talking to girls my age down the road on aim she had caught him cheating on her like i mean you can't you can't make this up you know like he cheated on her with a crackhead and got her pregnant Good and then Lord. the baby's mom died. And so my mom uh, like adopted this child into it's like when I tell you she had every reason to believe me, but chose not to. What happened in that time made me believe that one, I was worthless. Mm -hmm. But two, you, that I was 13. By the time she found out I was 14. Because I did. Told, talk you, so you told her at 13. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, I told her, I told my brother at 14. Okay. Gotcha. And my brother told my mom. Still, yeah. Dude, you're like eighth grader, ninth grader, having the courage to say that to your mom. Yeah. And so um, from there, I lost absolute respect for myself. I remember actually being kicked out of the house because she chose him. Come on, me. man. 
So I like lived with friends and I slept on couches and then I would go back home sometimes. And then I would try to, you know, figure, figure it out, right? You just, that's what you do. You just figure it out. And so for me, I resorted to alcohol and sex. I completely lost respect for myself because I didn't know that I was, I didn't know that my body was sacred anymore. You know, when it's, when that innocence is taken away from you, you kind of lose that, that self-respect, especially when you don't have someone reminding you to have it. So I remember, you know, freshman, sophomore year of high school, I just went out and I was drinking a ton. I was partying a ton. I was blacking out. I was having sex. I was staying at a friend's house. There would be days where I would hear, not hear from my parent or my mother at all. And I would end up like in Vermont or New Hampshire or even like a road trip to Florida in hotels or hotels, like just partying because I had no support. I had no guidance. I had no one being a guardian of me. I was completely alone at that point in time. Yeah. No adult, no teacher, no coach, nobody. Nope. Nope. They just let you go. Let me go. Yeah. And at that time, my dad, I think he was still alive, but he was very much not present in my life. I mean, he was either in jail or he was out at a halfway house and then back in jail or then or in Puerto Rico. He was all over the place, too. So I didn't have someone stable in my life at that point in time. Well, and we know because we've done a lot of work that the reason why probably your mom and dad were not present is because their mom and dads were not present. Actually, no, 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 my, uh, no, my grandmother and my grandfather are so consistent and so stable, but my mom actually, I think it was like after high school, she went down the path of drugs or something. I don't know her exact age, but she kind of left the house and did her own things. I mean, all of the siblings. I think three of the four siblings that she was raised with kind of took the same route in like abuse of or of substance abuse in some way. Um, and then on my dad's side of the family, his parents were excellent until his mom passed away of cancer when I was in elementary school. But he was already out doing what he was doing with drugs and, and gang affiliation. And so th- my grandparents all were pretty stable. That's crazy. Which is, yeah, kind of crazy to think about. But that's choice. It kind of, of. What kind of drugs the, did mom and dad like play with? Heroin. Heroin. Yeah. yeah. Both of my parents were heroin addicts. Shit. Yeah. Yep. Have you had to do any kind of work to not mm. have that affinity to drugs? No, I think that because I saw so much in my life, I associated Uh, massive pain to it. I mean, the most I did was drink alcohol. And even then it never had like a vice and it was never um, a hardcore vice over me because I saw what the opposite of that looked like. So for me growing up with that in my environment, I was like, I "I will never, I will never, I could never also knowing that like, both of my parents were the result of this. Wow. And so I could never do that because that means I get what they have and I don't want what they have. Mm. I want something different. So 
you, you did you graduate high school? Yeah. Nope. So nope. GED. Yeah. So I ended up dropping out of high school beginning of my junior year after my Holy dad crap. passed away. So my dad passed away, of course, from years of drug abuse and I'm sure guilt and shame from all the weight he had to carry and the rough things that he's done in his lifetime. Um, so I remember I was 18 years old when he had passed away and oh. I just couldn't carry the pain of of that, but then also just like living the life that I was living. At this point of time, I was already working three jobs. I was a live-in nanny for triplets. I was working um, at Target at third shift just to like make ends meet, right? And so life was, life was, I actually, I also worked at this place called The Meat House. <laughs> and it was like a little local deli. So there were, I was so, so busy with my own life, but I was struggling to stay afloat. And I remember during that time after my dad passed away, I was like, something's got to give. Like, I just can't keep doing this anymore. And so I sold my car. I bought a one-way ticket and I moved to California. And I moved in with my uncle, who is my dad's brother. Of course. And then what happened? I lived with my Marine Corps uncle for a total of less than a month <laughs> before I realized that you can't take a 14 year old, you know, for on her own since 14 to 18, completely by herself, had no guardianship, no mentors, no one that I looked up to zero discipline, zero structure, and then move me into a Marine house. <laughs> that didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work. So I had a car, a place to live and a job within the first week of living there. Um, and then I, I moved out after just a couple of weeks. Okay. And then what happened? I met my husband, my ex-husband. Yeah. And so with that situation, me meeting my ex-husband felt like someone was coming in to save the day. Hmm. And so, so he, for, he, he was, he was, uh, the fix. He loved me when I can love myself. So he pitied it. I wouldn't say that. I I would say he showed me what it felt like to have finally have someone that cared. Mm. But when you're going through the life that you had gone through, when I went through that marriage, oh. it was completely opposite from anything that I've ever known. He was stable. He was firm. He was calm. He was disciplined. And I was not that. <laughs> And so you try to take these two and put them together. I sabotage the hell out of that relationship. But that is the father to both of my daughters, which Aww. I'm freaking grateful for that man. Yeah. Um, we, of course, had our issues in our relationship. In that relationship, I was very much in my masculine. I was very unhealed. And so, of course, I sabotage that. And because of my actions, and I'm sure because of his actions as well, a lot of things happened in our dynamic that weren't necessarily healthy, and we ended up parting our ways. Okay. And then? And then I became a single mom to both of my girls with $48 to my name and a whole lot of trauma I never processed. And it wasn't until I left my ex-husband and I was on my own that I was like, either something's got to give or I'm going to take myself out. Mm. And so I was sitting on the floor of my apartment, not knowing where my friggin' ass to my elbow was, just trying to figure out how to provide for my my daughters. Um, 
And I was really at the end of my life at that point in time, to say it lightly. And uh, this was, you know, postpartum. Both of my daughters were three and one years old at the time. I had money, no college education, no way of figuring out what to do in, in terms of like making money. But what I did know is that Google knew. So I went to Google and I looked up how to be happy (laughs) and how to like, how to take control of your life, like how to be happy. And, uh, that's really where it started for me. I read 16 books in three months. I became obsessed with personal development. And I realized in that moment that you can change your mind and you can actually utilize the things that you've gone through as, as something to drive you as a reason why you must keep going and not a reason why you slow down. Well, yeah, we have to do a part two because there is so much that I want to unpack that um, about how you found your voice because yeah. na- now now we're to the part where the cliffhanger voice. Yeah. And I like it. I like it's the cliffhanger because <laughs> Listen to it, and they're gonna be like, "Come on, man!" <laughs> so we we got a we got a book. Uh, the next podcast call after we get done, after I push stop on this podcast. Um, yeah. but I hope that you guys, when you listen to Jamie, hear her story, and you you realize you don't have to give up. You don't have to give up. You don't have to quit. God puts you on Earth for a reason. And I, I, I've seen pictures of old Jamie and I can visualize you on that floor with your two little girls, just being like desperate, like, oh yeah, lonely, sad, crying and thinking about the worst, the worst thoughts ever. Um, and thank God for your two babies. Honestly, had I not been a mom at that time, I don't know if I'd still be here. That's why I said that. Yeah. And it's uh it's it's amazing. And it's it's amazing that circle of life cuz I've had those moments with Max and Leo when I went through a lot and them not having a dad. Yeah. I know how that feels when my grandpa did that like it's just it's not fair. Um so I'm excited to get part two out to the world. And uh, Jamie, you are such a beautiful soul and you are um, such a light to people and you help a lot of our friends. And yeah. um, I'm glad to call you a friend and a colleague. And uh, we got work to do. We got work to do to help people. Um, so... You know, I I hope that when people listen to this also, they know that the journey is not going to be just puppy dogs and ice cream and rainbows. Um, There's going to be some dark, dark, dark paths that you go down. That's everybody's journey. You know, I feel like anyone who's done something really great went through something in their life that they had to push through. And it may not be the hardships of trauma or or abuse, but it was something that still allowed them to feel the emotions of pain. 
Yeah. And the emotions of suffering within themselves and identity and crisis and belief systems. And the moment that you realize you can overcome that and you can make it great mm-hmm. is the moment I feel like you master the game of life. Well, and all of this talk, you've had to learn on your own. I've had to learn on my own. We've had people kind of tell us about it. But when you learn it and you experience the growth and you realize that you have a choice to feel this way or this way, um, it it makes life really, really cool. Um, And Jamie and I are getting to live that really cool life right now, which we can't talk about. We can't talk about super... They're, they're going to be so sick of us by the end of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. So how can they get a hold of you? Because they're going to listen to this and they'll be like, okay, I want part two. I want part two. Oh, they're just going to have to wait. No, but yeah. you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. All of it's Jamie Lee Herena. J-A-Y-M-I-E-L-E-E-G-E-R-E-N-A. Jamie Lee. I like that. Jamie Lee. All right. Is there anything that you want to say before we go? Because I have to go pick up my boys. Yeah. Stay tuned for part two. (laughs) Oh, yeah. She's just dropping it. Stay tuned for part two. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. And we will see you on part two, the next podcast. Thank you, guys. (laughs) 